Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're all waiting I think for the two o'clock tour, we're just about to begin, so could I just, my name's David and I'll take you around the building for 45 minutes, uh, could I just double check that everyone has a ticket and that everyone's name has been put into the book, yes. Uh, you are allowed to do most things on the tour, you can take photographs, you can use flash photography, you can keep your phones turned on but silent, you can ask questions, you can sit down if they're seating but not on the floor please, uh, but we would ask you to stay with the group, don't go ahead of me, after all you don't really know where you're going and certainly don't uh, stay behind, if we move from one area to another you must come with us, you can't just stay behind to take another 15,000 photographs, <laughs> is that okay? Now can I check, is there anyone in the group, we don't walk very far, it's not a long walk, but is there anyone who has difficulties with stairs? We start going up the stairs and we end coming down the same stairs, is there anyone who would need the lift for that? Are we all okay? Right, then we're good to go. As we go through the, this area onto the stairs, just hand your tickets uh, to one of my colleagues and we'll meet up at the statue on the first level. Okay? So as I said, if at any stage you want to sit down and there's seating as there is here, that's okay. But I will just add that we, we will be talking about the statue and sometimes some men or boys who sit there and aren't paying attention think I'm talking about them. When I start and say, this gentleman was born in 1827, they reply, no I wasn't, I was born in 1972 or something like that. This area is called the rotunda, it actually says it on a notice there, this is the rotunda, the circular marble balustrade. Uh, most of the marble in this area and downstairs is from Italy, three types of Italian marble, perhaps the most famous internationally is the Carrara on the balustrade and on some of the walls. Uh, if you were watching recently the Michael Portillo railway programs, have you seen those? He did the British Isles, he did Europe and he's in the US at the moment making programs. He does devote part of his Italian trip to Carrara quarries for the quarry marble in northern Italy, it's near Milan and we do know that Michelangelo used the same quarry in the 15th century so it's good stuff. There's also Greek marble in this area, the, the pillars on all four sides uh, from Greece, the marble is from Greece and they are built in ancient Greek Ionic columns. Alright, there's also, not to leave Ireland out, a small amount of Irish marble underneath the statue. The red marble is from the west of Ireland. Now, in this area called the Rotunda, because of the Italian marble, we have a statue of a nobleman whose ancestor was sent over to Ulster, to the north of Ireland in the early 1600s. The ancestor was called Arthur Chichester, and there he is depicted in this painting. This painting was commissioned in 1951 by the Arts Council, that was the year of the Festival of Britain. There were two purposes to the festival, two, two reasons for it. Number one, celebrating peace in Europe after the Second World War, but 
Equally importantly, it was the centenary of another exhibition, the Great Exhibition at the Crystal Palace in 1851. So this is what the artist John Luke came up with. It's Arthur Chichester reading the first royal charter that was given us uh, in 1613, making us into a town or corporation. Now if you'd come into the City Hall any time uh, before about 12 o'clock noon today, you would have seen the uh, 1613 Charter. It's been moved, as many artefacts are being moved, into a permanent exhibition, which will open to the public on a daily basis from the 16th of this month. So do come back again uh, to see all of that. Um, the artist, as I say, was John Luke, and John Luke included in his painting as many of the occupations in Belfast from 1613, the year of the Charter, up till 1951. By 1951, of course, shipbuilding was enormous in Belfast, with the biggest single shipyard in the world, Harlot and Wolf. Still exists in a limited capacity now. They don't build ships, they just repair ships and oil rigs, and they build the occasional bridge for Dublin. The Samuel Beckett Bridge in Dublin, for example, was built about 30-something years ago in Belfast and taken down by boat down to the Liffey in Dublin. Uh, this is geographically correct. We're standing facing north, north Belfast, and in the north of Belfast there is a hill or a small mountain called the Cave Hill, and there's agriculture there as well. He also included uh, spinning, weaving, textiles, linen, huge industry, until the 1960s. It too has declined considerably. But that's his descendant. Much later in the 1900s, sorry, 1800s, the 19th century, that is Frederick Richard Chichester, Earl of Belfast. He was highly educated privately. He could write music. He could compose poetry, there's a music score at his feet, but he suffered from very poor health. He survived childhood and his teenage years, but when he was 26, his mother in despair took him to Italy, that's why he's here, the Italian connection, uh, for sunshine, heat, Mediterranean, spaghetti, and whatever they have in Naples. Have we any Italians today? No, that's unusual. Usually we have Italians in the group, uh, and uh, the poor man contracted yet another disease and died in Naples. Scarlet fever. You may have noticed this death scene if you come in from the front of the building. Yes. Did you see the white marble yes. to your left? That's him in his last moments at 27 years of age. Okay. So that says Scarlatino. Is that the same? That is the Latin name for it. Oh, Apparently, it? yes. Yes. I didn't know that until I came in here to work. Okay. Yes, that's right. We call it scarlet fever. Yeah. Yes, it says scarlet tino on it. That's right. Okay, I'm going to take you all now into the council chamber for the 60 elected councillors of Belfast, elected every four years, as elsewhere in the UK, meet on a monthly basis. The last council meeting was on Tuesday the 2nd of May. The next will be whatever the first working day of June is. So when you go in through the double doors, just sit wherever you fancy. If you want to sit in the Lord Mayor's seat, that's fine. It's at the far end. And we'll provide you with not the Lord Mayor's gown, but uh, a councillor's gown. Uh, there is a roped off area at this end that's only for British royalty. 
So unless you're very strong, they don't, don't go in there. Okay, so we go in now to the chamber. And uh, there won't be time at the end of the talk in there to take photographs. If you want to do it, do it as I speak. Okay, you've all found a seat, and as I say, we'll be in here about ten minutes. Uh, there won't be time at the end if you want to sit in the Lord Mayor's seat. Do it as I speak. Uh, I'll provide a gown, a red gown, such as the councillors wear, and uh, you can sit in the seat. If you are not terribly tall, then you can enhance your height by sitting on a leather cushion. I'll just show you. So you can see what height I am in reality. So if I sit here, I don't look terribly impressive. But if I sit on the cushion and put it at the front of the seat and pull the seat forward, I'm not going to do it, but uh, you're a little bit taller. Okay, the Deputy Lord Mayor sits there and the Chief Executive of Civil Servant sits here. Now the Lord Mayor presides and if you want to speak as a councillor during the meeting you press the white button but please do not do it. I emphasise do not do it. They are live and I don't think they should be. But they are. It lights up red and you will be heard throughout the room. Uh, if more than one person presses it's like a quiz show or a game show. The computer knows who did it first. The Lord Mayor will then invite you to speak. Let's say it's Councillor Howard. You would stand up and immediately you stand up the Lord Mayor activates uh, a green light which goes back to 196. Here it is. This lights up green. You're allowed a maximum of five minutes on your feet speaking. If you're still speaking after five minutes which is a strong possibility then instead of being asked to sit down a red light comes on instead it's just like traffic lights uh, the, the original idea of this council chamber in 1906 this present building was constructed between 1898 and 1906 to reflect Belfast's recent city status we had grown enormously quickly in the 19th century it surprised me when I heard it, but Belfast grew faster than any Connor Basin in the British Isles, including London, in the, in the, in the uh, 1800s, because of the concentration of industry. We grew from 20,000 people in 1801 to well in excess of 400,000 in 1901. So we had to become a city, and cities need city halls. And we had a town hall, which was rather more modest, that's the mayor's chair from the old town hall. Uh, it was opened in 1871 and then in 1888 we became a city and we, we planned this building. Uh, you're wondering perhaps who sits here? Well, British royalty. Um, the monarch. And in actual fact, the first time that those two chairs were used, the two gold chairs, was in the year that Northern Ireland was born. The island was divided in 1921. Northern Ireland remained part of the United Kingdom. And it was considered that there should be a regional parliament for regional Northern Irish matters. So they started building. About four miles east of here, there was no more room in the city centre. And in the meantime, what could you do with the politicians? 
They had to meet somewhere. So for several months they met in here. The first parliament was opened on the June the 22nd, 1921 in here. For the day they removed all of this at the top. They put the king, King George V, the queen's grandfather, on that chair. He sat there and his queen, his wife, was Queen Mary, uh, the German princess, Maria von Teck. Have we any Germans in the group today? Austrians? Swiss? No. You're German. So Maria von Teck, we call her Queen Mary. Uh, she sat in that chair and um, there was no one in between them. There are photographs of it. K King George V, of course, eventually died in 1936 and was succeeded after quite a lot of confusion and constitutional uh, struggling by his second son who was crowned George VI and George came over here and sat right there in daddy's chair on I think it was July 28th 1937 and of course his queen was Elizabeth the mother of the present monarch uh, you, bet, you know her better as the queen mother and she sat on that chair okay as I say, the chair in the middle was the mayor's chair from the old town hall and the clock is also from the old town hall. And it's very accurate twice a day. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it, it will work if you wind it up, but it only, it only works for about five or six hours. It's an old wind-up one. And it works during council meetings. If you want to attend a council meeting as an observer, uh, you just go to the same desk as today and say, look... Uh, could I observe the council meeting they start at 6pm in the evening on the first working day of the month and they, 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 they take you up to that public gallery you cannot contribute, ask questions laugh or do anything you just have to uh, listen and watch unfortunately you cannot see the faces of these councillors because they're facing inward but you can hear them these are the unionists Anyone who believes that Northern Ireland should remain part of the United Kingdom would be sitting on one of these benches on this side. On the other side, they are mostly Irish nationalists who believe the opposite, that Northern Ireland should disappear and have united Republic of Ireland. Uh, but there are some councillors, 60 in total in the council, and nine in the present council are liberals. They call themselves the Alliance Party. And they're the nearest thing you get to the Liberal Democrats in Britain. In fact, the Lord Mayor in 2009, once she had finished being Lord Mayor, uh, then by pure coincidence there was a general election and uh, she was elected the East Belfast um, Member of Parliament and she's the only person who has ever uh, been in Westminster as a Member of Parliament for the Alliance Party. She sat with the Liberal Democrats. She then lost her seat in 2015 to the Democratic Unionist Party who had lost it to her and it's all going to happen again on the 8th of June. Uh, and I don't care because I'll be in Croatia on holidays. <laughs> uh, but doubtless I'll hear at some stage. Okay, um, what else have we got here? Most of the portraits throughout the building are of former mayors and lord mayors. Uh, just to make it clear, in the British Isles, a Lord Mayor, you'll have a, a Lord Mayor in the city. Towns will have mayors. So we had mayors up until the city status kicked in. Um, 
unlike most areas of the United Kingdom some councils in Northern Ireland but not all Belfast is one of them uh, they decided in the early years of the Troubles to try to make the effects of the Troubles less severe by sharing power so regardless of how many unionists and how many nationalists uh, they changed the role of Lord Mayor each 12 months all the councillors served for four years as elsewhere in the UK but at the council meeting in June in two or three weeks uh, the councillors will decide which of them will be the Lord Mayor for the next 12 months this year it is a democratic unionist party DUP Lord Mayor and almost automatically but not quite you have a Sinn Féin nationalist deputy last year it was the opposite it might be back to the same as last year the next 12 months just watch the news on the 1st of June um, these portraits of course are not of Lord Mayors or Mayors this is Queen Victoria herself taken in the late 19th century and that is her eldest son the Prince of Wales who became the monarch in 1901 when his mother died he came to visit Belfast in 1909 to unveil the first statue in the grounds although the building opened in 1906 they didn't immediately agree on which whose statues should be erected and where the front runners the shortlist were Edward Harland co-founder of the big shipyard a Yorkshire man and Queen Victoria and Queen Victoria won the day even though Edward Harland was probably more popular with the people because he gave them work right uh, but there is very good footage of Edward VII unveiling his mother's statue I don't know what made me did it but within the last year I googled on my iPhone you know unveiling of Queen Victoria's statue in Belfast and up it came moving footage of the king with his helmet and his plume and his robes unveiling mother's statue she only came once to Belfast and she came on the occasion of the opening of the first University College in this part of Ireland in 1849 and it was named Queen's College Belfast it later became Queen's University she opened three other colleges at that time in Dublin, Cork and Galway and since partition they have been known as University College Dublin, Cork and Galway but she never came back to Belfast I don't know why I think she preferred Killarney and the Ring of Kerry and so on uh, she didn't like us I don't know right okay what's there not to like alright uh, most of the woodwork in the building is Irish oak there are exceptions I don't think this is oak does anyone know I'm not an expert but certainly it's oak on the wainscoting and the benches and the galleries beautifully hand carved by experts who left here in 1906 when the building was complete and they went down to the big shipyards and built furniture for the ships uh, one of the sideboards that should have been in the captain's quarters of the Titanic for some reason didn't go on board and we had it in, in this building we still do uh, it used to be accessible it's going to be in the new exhibition that's not yet open have we people from Northern Ireland I'm not sure that we do in the group anyone actually living in Northern Ireland yes so for your benefit and maybe others uh, in the early years of the 20th century it became quite obvious 
that the Liberal British government under Asquith wanted semi-independence for the whole of Ireland. But there was quite strong resistance in this part of Ireland from Unionists, a sort of Protestant majority, and a famous lawyer from Dublin called Edward Carson came up to rally the people and he uh, organised an Ulster Covenant. If you signed it, you were saying that you would not, not accept an Irish Free State for this part of Ireland. Uh, he only allowed men to sign it, men being males over 21. Females had their own declaration, which was actually the same thing, and more women signed than men. I think it was about half a million out of a total population of roughly two million in Ulster. That, of course, included the, the three counties of Ulster that didn't go into Northern Ireland, Donegal, Cavan and Monaghan. So when World War I was finished, then it went ahead, but they did concede, the Liberal government conceded, that this part of Ireland would remain Northern Irish, and the rest is history. Okay, anyone? Last call for photographs up there? No one? All right. Yes? You can up for a photograph? Yes, okay. Uh, we will make our way through into the roping room because I want you to see the Lord Mayor's gown. It's not accessible. We can't wear it. Uh, it's, got, it's, it's a lot of gold thread in it. And when he or she isn't wearing it, we do have female Lord Mayors as well. We've had a very large number since 1613. Three. We've only had three. But actually, three years ago, in, in 2014, it was quite amazing. We had a female Lord Mayor, a female Deputy Lord Mayor, and a female High Sheriff. Let me explain what the High Sheriff is. The High Sheriff, originally in 1891, accompanied the monarch in Belfast. There are other ceremonial duties now. And that too goes round the parties and changes every year. I think that the, the, the High Sheriff's robe is also hanging up in a glass case there as well. We're going to leave David Graham there. David was our tour guide around Belfast City Hall. And uh, we continued on for the rest of the tour. I would highly recommend, if you are visiting Belfast, that it is well worth a visit. There are tours at 11 a.m., 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. each day. And it is free and very interesting and certainly a tremendous uh, exposure to the history of Belfast and Belfast City Hall. Uh, you are listening to Irish Radio Canada and we'll wrap up this hour with a famous son of Belfast in the form of Van Morrison. <laughs> 